Cause we got the alternative energy Molecular free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show I'm Michaela Stubbs And today on the program We'll connect with Mia Pepper and K.A. Garlic On Wajak Noongar country in Western Australia where these two long-time campaigners for a nuclear-free and peaceful future will bring us some updates on all things nuclear in Western Australia and tell us about the newly formed Nuclear Free WA not-for-profit organisation. Nuclear Free WA formed earlier this year. For a long time we've just been focused on uranium mining and things have changed quite a bit in Western Australia with the plans to have nuclear submarines off the coast of WA, just outside of Rockingham. And there's also, you know, emerging waste issues that are coming out of the AUKUS proposal, as well as the resink following the Kimber decision. So with uranium, nuclear waste, submarines, and then this never-ending onslaught around nuclear power and small modular reactors, we thought we really need to focus on a whole range of nuclear issues and we just felt that it was time to have an organisation that was dedicated to all of those issues. Fantastic. Did you want to add anything, Kay? A couple of months ago we held a really great and important and exciting meeting with lots of people to establish this not-for-profit environmental organisation so that we can continue the great work and the legacy that's held here in WA that work with First Nations communities that are at the forefront of these threats and other organisations and others to advocate for the protection of the environment and the communities and workers from that threat of the nuclear industry. Excellent. Well, let's start with uranium mining. What's happening in that realm at the moment? Well... We're happy to say that we still have no operating uranium mines in WA, which is great um, and hard hard fought for. Um, like KA said, with First Nations communities and a range of allies, unions, and with um, the Labor government in power here in WA now, they've got a no uranium mining policy. Um, but unfortunately, under the Liberal government, there was approvals for four uranium projects. And the Labor government came in and said, we're not going to scrap those. But what's happened is three of those projects have failed to meet one of the conditions, which was to develop the mines within five years. So they've kind of in a stalemate where they can't. There's now a condition in their approvals that mean that they can't mine unless they get that changed. And the Labor government, to their credit, has not changed those conditions. So when companies have said to the Labor government, please give us an extension, the Labor government has said no. So that's three projects that can't develop at the moment, Kintyre, Waluna and Yaliri. And so all three of those are projects where the community has shown some opposition, some more than others. Yaliri has been a really strong campaign on the ground to stop the mine as has there been a strong community resistance up at Kintyre? So that's good news, but what we're calling on is that the government goes one step further. So there's a new part in our environmental laws that give the government powers to withdraw approvals where they've failed to develop it within that time frame. 
So we're saying you should withdraw these approvals. So in the case where a, a pro-uranium government comes into power, they can't just simply, with a stroke of a pen, let those mines get up and running. There's been a strong push for over a year now, really, to, to um, get the Labor government to withdraw those approvals completely. So that's a work in progress and one we're still, we're still working on and working with allies and communities to encourage the government to do that before something changes. Then, unfortunately, one project met that condition around commencement and they now are allowed to, to develop the mine. There's sort of no government process that would stop that project. That's one that's a big worry, and that's Mulga Rock outside of Kalgoorlie on Upaliubli, Nuritja country, and that native title group have got a strong position opposing uranium mining. There's no agreement with the company around mining with the traditional owners, and unfortunately the company has a bit of form. Um, lots of the Radioactive Show listeners will remember Paladin, a Perth-based company with uranium mines in Africa, and the CEO of that company, John Borshoff, was was he was pushed out of Paladin when they, you know, before they that company went into administration, and he set up another company, Deep Yellow, and last year Deep Yellow took over the Mogul Rock project, this uranium project in WA. So we're now, you know, pretty concerned about the track record of the CEO of Deep Yellow and that track record of the mines that he was responsible for in Africa under Paladin. And also part of Deep Yellow, their chairperson is someone called Chris Salisbury, who used to work for Rio Tinto and was head of the iron ore division at the time of the Dukin Gorge destruction. So we've also got concerns about the track record through that, that linkage and how that might play out at the Mulga Rock site. So there's ongoing concerns there. They're still trying to get funding to develop that mine. They're doing now another feasibility study. This will be the third feasibility study for the project and we expect to hear back probably late next year about that and and then imagine that they'll try and fund the project. So it's still at least a year away from anything very much happening at Mulga Rock, but it's one we're really worried about and pushing back in solidarity with the community. And I noticed on your website that you mentioned a couple of companies that are looking at a nuclear waste dump in Western Australia. Tell us about what's happening there. So there's a company called Azark who have been around for, for quite some time now. One of their directors is the mayor of Melville, who is just down the road here and one of their lawyers that's also on their board of directors is a guy called Peter Remtar, and I believe he was part of the the legal side of the Bangla case, and they're pushing really hard to store the radioactive nuclear waste in Leonora. They have been for quite some time, and we've been working with the First Nations people up there, the Jewel community in, in the local area, when we've often been up there on the walks and other events that we've held up there who who really strongly oppose any radioactive waste on or near Leonora. But you probably know more about it than me, Mia, at this current stage of where it's at, maybe. 
you want to mm. jump in there? Well, just say um, we know that they've been talking talking to government. They're pretty proactive in pitching Leonora as a potential site to host uh, the National Radioactive Waste that the government's been trying to secure a site for for a very long time. So we've, you know, got concerns about that company and any traction they might be getting in pitching Leonora as a potential radioactive waste facility site. But, yeah, hopefully after the Kimber decision that sounded like there was an option for decoupling the waste, which we hope is the case, but in that case there's another site in WA there where we're keeping an eye on. So there's a Sydney-based company called Telus Holdings and they have an intractable waste facility just north of Southern Cross in WA and that that site's licensed to take low-level radioactive waste. It's mostly for industrial waste, so like um, oil and gas rigs and, and drilling bits that have been contaminated with naturally occurring radioactive materials. But because it's a licensed facility and it's actually next to a, a government-run facility that takes WA's medical waste um, and other naturally occurring radioactive waste uh, materials, we're kind of tracking that and just a little bit concerned that if there, there is this decoupling of intermediate-level waste and low-level waste, that the national government might look to WA to store the low-level waste here which we've objected to pretty strongly. And from all indications, um, the, the WA Labor government would also, sounds like they would also be opposed to that. We hope that, that that's the case anyway. So, yeah, there's kind of a watching brief on, on what happens with the federal government's plans for national waste. You're tuned to the Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR in Fitzroy, Victoria, on the unceded lands of the Kulin Nation and broadcast across the continent thanks to the Community Radio Network. Co-conveners of the newly formed Nuclear Free WA organisation Mia Pepper and K.A. Garlic are bringing us some updates on what's happening in Western Australia. Does Western Australia have any prohibitions on the dumping of nuclear waste? We do. We have a prohibition act on waste and transport of waste. It's kind of an interesting predicament given that the state government's licensed this facility to take low-level waste. But I think the classification is maybe centred around the naturally occurring radioactive materials. So there might be something in that that prevents medical waste and other types of waste that, that aren't norms. But, that yeah, there is a piece of legislation and the state government has indicated that they're still happy with that. Yeah, great. This nuclear waste issue is of increasing concern because if the plan for the nuclear submarines goes ahead, then there will be even higher level nuclear waste that we will need to deal with. Tell us about what's happening in Western Australia with the AUKUS deal and the nuclear submarines. Well, not specifically on the waste issue. I guess there's still so much unknowns about how all of the waste management side of AUKUS will play out, whether it will get sent overseas for reprocessing or whether they'll look for a high-level radioactive waste option in Australia. There's just so much unknowns and talking to people here, there's so much 
scepticism about whether or not it will actually happen. But what is definitely happening in WA is that we are seeing an increase of visiting US and UK nuclear submarines that are being um, hosted at Garden Island at HMAS Stirling, which is a, a naval base here in WA. And the AUKUS proposal was that there would be an increase of visits in 2023. And then by 2025, the proposal is that there would be like a, a kind of permanent presence of nuclear submarines at HMAS Stirling on rotation with US and UK submarines. And then by 2030, in the case that Australia does acquire the second-hand US submarine, that they would be posted here at HMAS Stirling um, in Rockingham. So there's been a um, grassroots-led coalition called Stop Orcas WA that are campaigning against those proposals. And then a whole range of kind of offshoot issues that come from that around access to that part of Coven Sound, which is, you know, just so jam-packed with recreational users um, from super yachts to cray pots. Um, you know, there's just so much activity in that in that area. There's a, a kind of industrial zone called Henderson where there's concerns about whether that might be targeted to become a maintenance facility for the submarines and there's like a whole range of risks around the maintenance of nuclear submarines that people here are really worried about. The security and the exclusion zones that might get put in place are a big issue. And then there's, you know, a kind of sense of of questioning why, <laughs> why all of a sudden do we have these nuclear submarines on, off the coast of WA and not anywhere else in Australia, which kind of puts a target on our back. And, yeah, there's big big concerns and big pushback throughout the community here. And KA, do you want to jump in? There is a lot of unknowns and I think AUKUS has sort of been announced and a lot of information hasn't been shared and it's sort of just been put put on ports around Australia that puts a lot of pressure on communities and, uh, and because of that unknown, there's figures, you know, being thrown around at how much it's going to cost and... And I think that there's the, there's so much uncertainty with it. People are nervous about it. People here in our community are really concerned, as Mia said, um, because there's a lot of unknown. But what we're sure of is, yeah, that there there is a lot of movement. And, yeah, because of this concern, the Nuclear Free WA, um, along with Stop Walkers WA Group and the Nuclear Free Coburn Group, is organising a peace walk. As many listeners know, radioactive listeners know and have been on the walks. It's something that I really value as a form of action when you're unsure of what to do and, and how to how to bring people together and the walks often often do that. So we've just received permission to do the peace walk actually from Henderson to Rockingham from the, the Nala Kala Budja Aboriginal Corporation Cultural Advice Committee. So it was good timing to do this show because we have been granted permission to walk. So acknowledging the traditional owners, you know, of the ocean and the sea and the land that will walk along the Durbal Nara or Coburn Sound from Henderson, where we actually have BAE Systems Australia at Henderson, who are one of the biggest weapons corporations in the world. And we'll begin there. And just last week, I was down there with a couple of other people from the Nuclear Free Coburn Group, Joe Valentine and a couple of other local people to sort of 
see where we're walking and already we can see a lot of movement and a lot of building happening at BAE Systems here in Henderson, which is only 15 minutes from where I live and, and a lot of people that make up these groups and they're starting to upgrade their signs and there's uh, they're, they're upgrading, you know, they've moved their old sign over to the other side and there's just a little bit more movement happening there that we can see little things happening and so we'll walk from there down to Wells Park and meet some more people in Wells Park, which is right on the ocean, and then finish at the gates of HMSA Stirling at Point Perrin. It's about a 22-kilometre walk along the beautiful coast, and we wanted to walk on Sunday the 15th of October to commemorate the 70th anniversary of the nuclear test that took place in Emu Fields in South Australia. But due to the referendum that weekend, we, we thought that it might be a bit busy and we're unsure, so we're now walking on October 29th. But it doesn't really matter when you walk or take actions. As long as you walk or as long as you take actions and remember how much destruction this industry and the war does. So it's a time of reflection, these walks, and bringing people together to learn and to really push for what we're saying and what Mia was saying before, that, you know, we don't want AUKUS here or anywhere around Australia. We want the Australian government to, you know, to sign on to the nuclear weapon ban. So it's really about that and, and for people to learn and for people to hear and share stories and understand more about what's happening in their area and their local area and to connect and, and to really give us a sense of hope and to renew our spirits. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. Fantastic. Well, um, <laughs> if people want to find out more about it or how to get involved, uh, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, we have a website set up with all of the things that Mia was talking about as well as on our um, events page. So it's uh, nuclearfreewa.com and that'll take you to our page of all the information that Mia was talking about and to sign up to become a member of Nuclear Free WA but also to join that walk if there is any WA listeners or people that happen to be over here from anywhere nationally, we would love to invite you to come and come and walk with us and really show your solidarity but also just to uh, say no to AUKUS and spreading that message and grow this movement because we need lots of people to, to come down and, and to, to really join in. And, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful area. So it was interesting to, to see sort of this horrible dark grey warships and, and, you know, BAE systems and what it represents and where we've walked in the world and, and they're getting into schools and they're getting into these STEM programs and, and you know, I could go on and on and how dark and gloomy it is, but then you look over and there's this magnificent coast and it's so, so beautiful and it would be, it's just such a shame to see that and the beauty of it all being so destroyed by these horrible industries that, you know, are part of the global military. Mm. Yeah. Also, Michaela, on our website, we've got a little shop and we're selling some great stuff on there, including some Stop Orcas t-shirts with designs borrowed from the very clever Dimity um, from ICANN and we've also got some anti-uranium t-shirts and other kind of t-shirts and jumpers, but we've also got copies of a book we published called Yaliri, 50 Years of Resistance, which is a, a book we've just published this year with the community, the Jewel community out at Leonora and it covers the 50-year campaign to stop that mine. 
so you can get a copy online at our shop and or a t-shirt and stickers and that's at yeah nuclearfreewa.com the 3rd of october marks the 71st anniversary of the first of the british atomic tests which was on the montebello islands on the west australian coast so i was going to play some of your audio from hiroshima day ka yeah that's yeah uncle ben taylor did the welcome to country and daniel garlic he not only played the didgeridoo but he spoke as well Basically, what I'm singing about is Nunga Wirin Karajin Bindich Buja. It's talking about the hurt and the pain of what any type of nuclear power or anything that is foreign that is made by a white man is poison. And that is not only for the white man, but that is the world all over for humanity to listen. That when you try to play God and you ignore um, the sacred rights that we all deserve as human beings, no matter where we live, where we come from, that when we tamper with that stuff, we're making the earth sick, we're making us sick. Yep. So basically that's what I was singing about um, in Noongar language, is about how these um, nuclear subs that they're trying to do at the moment and being backed by the federal government to see this through, that they haven't really thought it through and that the power of that is destructive 
And we as human beings in that song, I'm singing about the destructive nature of human beings and we're all in it together. So what I'm trying to say is we're all to blame. So we must first of all acknowledge the fact that mankind and humanity as a whole are all responsible for the bad things that happen and to get through that and to make some sense about what the changes that we need to do. And first of all, that's about admitting the fact that every single one of us are sinners. And that's the true reality of it. Because when we start off there, we start off on a clear slate that we're all in this together. Stop pointing fingers at each other and let's start to work together to reason with each other why we shouldn't be playing around with that type of power and what that could do to us, our land, and the world as, as we know it. That 78 years ago, when that first bomb was dropped, uh, Pop Ben was still alive when that happened. But from, one, from three generations, from one to two to three, where have we really come as mankind and humanity? We're sort of going backwards, and that's not what we want. So, you know, to get behind the organisers of this event, um, you know, and rally the best we can to send a loud and clear message about the pain and suffering that this type of stuff causes. And it's not only physically, but it's mentally and it's spiritually too. So I thought it was, you know, really fitting to sing that song in Noongar about how I feel, the pain I feel, the hurt, and the poison, bindage, being sick. So we've got sick people who run this country, and we need to stop that sickness. And they need to reach out to ask for help. And as far as I'm concerned, the champions of environmental protection are the people that are here. And a lot that can't make it here for whatever reasons. But that's the power of social media, that we stand today in a world where messages can get across a lot easier than our smoke signals back in the day. But sometimes I, 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 I start to wonder whether the smoke signals are better than what we got today. <laughs> you know? So it's sort of, when we're moving into this unknown space, you know, we must have unity amongst each other and to reach out a friendly end to, to make some common sense out of a reality that's very scary. And instead of scaring people away, invite them to the table to start talking. Because in this world and in this time and in this era, there is no time for hatred and bitterness. But there certainly is enough time for common sense to prevail, to stop destroying the planet and coming up with these idiotic ideas to start wars and to protect us against what? If you want a nuclear sub, you're hurting the country where you're making it and you're going to hurt somebody else as well. So why do we need it when we need a a world full of peace and love, then we wouldn't need that. But unfortunately, whether we like it or not, we must face the fact that mankind are our own worst enemies. And as long as we remain that way the world over, that's why they think the answer to their safety and protection is through poison. That poisons the land, poisons the people, and poisons the hearts and minds of the next generations to come forward after us is the most scary point. So. On behalf of myself, Daniel and Pop Ben, you know, we'd really like to thank you for inviting us here today and we stand in solidarity with you and hopefully we can um, you know, shed some light on the 
fact that we don't need this stuff. We don't want it. It's sick. Okay, thank you. This is the Radioactive Show, and we just heard Daniel Garlett singing and speaking at the Hiroshima Day Rally in Bolu, Perth, on Sunday, the 6th of August, and bringing a powerful message for us to hear. Remember to support First Nations people in their efforts for justice and survival by joining the National Day of Action to Stop Black Deaths in Custody and implement the recommendations of the 1991 Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody. There are rallies in major cities across the continent and to find out the details of an event near you, go to blaksovereignmovement.com. Thanks again to the co-conveners of Nuclear Free WA for joining us on the show today, Mia Pepper and K.I. Garlic. You can check out their website at nuclearfreewa.com. Thanks to the Nuclear Free Collective at Friends of the Earth Melbourne for the ongoing support and the Community Radio Network for getting the show out to radio stations across the country. The Radioactive Show was produced at 3CR on the lands of the Kulin Nation and you can find our podcast on the 3CR website 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive or on the Community Radio app or your favourite podcast platform. Thanks so much for listening and join us again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.